This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting, Mike. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Heward, not exactly Joe Cap there in the pocket. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> All right, the uh, basketball shooting competition has uh, started right behind us. Brock Rasalk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com, and the Seattle Sports app. Uh, I'll tell you, we watched yesterday. Cole Young had a really good day. Yep. Uh, we saw Levi Stout out here for a while yesterday. Just based on what I'm seeing this morning, the prettiest jump shot on the team goes to Franklin Gutierrez. Not close. He's got unbelievable They form. signed him back? He's he, here. Is he on the 40-man? Well, he's not on the 40-man so much as, uh, you know, he's helping out around here. Yeah. Like Mike Cameron and like oh, Ichiro. You're biased. Because he's, I just because think everything he does is pretty. pretty. Yeah, because yeah. he's pretty. I know, the hairline's up a little higher than it used to be and stuff, but he just got a nice-looking jump uh-huh. shot. So, yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool to see, and uh, we'll give you guys uh, updates as uh, the competition gets underway here shortly. Um yeah, I kind of laid out the day a little of kind of what we're here to expect. I'm so glad you brought up the Julio stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, it's so easy to get caught up in the margins, right, whenever you're talking about a team. Left field, right field, third base, first base. Right, they're open. There's, 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 there's friction there in some way, uh-huh. right? There's, there's some stickiness to who's going to play third base and what that's going to look like. There's some stickiness to wondering what Mitch Haniger is going to look like in his return. There's some stickiness to the depth of the rotation and the what happens if. There's some stickiness to the bullpen and sure. Matt Brash. And, yep. you know, is he going to be healthy? It doesn't look that way right now. And so, you know, some of those things are sticky conversations. But what really drives the team? How good is Julio? Mm-hmm. How good is Luis Castillo? Mm-hmm. How good is Logan Gilbert and George Kirby, who are each pitching in the next couple of days, today and tomorrow? Yep. Those things are going to determine what this team does. And there's, I mean, other things will matter. Does Ty France make his way back? I'm not saying they're the only things that matter. But the reason that this team has the chance of doing anything is because it has Julio Rodriguez and maybe the best pitching staff in baseball led by Luis Castillo. Yeah, we don't talk about the givens nearly as much as we do the other pieces. It kind of reminds me, frankly, of the Pete Carroll, John Schneiders when they were in their heyday. It's like, oh, let's give credit to all these other coaches. Hey, let's talk about everybody. Yeah, but what about these guys? But you know why we don't in baseball compared to football? In football, because everything is so enmeshed, to talk about the team is to talk about their best player yeah. and how they're being utilized. Do you use more of them, less of them? Should he be in a complementary role? Should you be building around him? Should you be building for him? Like all those things are constant. Yeah. In baseball, Julio just does his job. Yeah. Luis just does his job. But those two guys are two of the best players in the in, yes. in the entire league. Yeah, they're the independent contractors, right? And you just expect them to go out and be be unique and be different. And uh, yeah, I think it, it just even compared to last year, I, I'm starting to feel this. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. Hopefully, I can be a great guest later in the week for Wyman and Bob. And I, you know, not, I mean, I'm glad that you got kind of day one, rightfully so, because you've got a proven track record of being a great guest. Uh, late, late in the week, I hope I'll have enough of a vibe. But I will say this early, and it's still early in the week for me as far as just evaluating and opining. But I wanted to hear a lot less noise, and there's a lot less noise. Now, there's noise right now as they're getting this three-point, but what I mean by that is last year all of this World Series, take the next step, you know, all of this, like, greatness talk, like, okay, I I mean, I I loved it, 
We just went through a playoff drought. We just ended it. You just played the Astros as well as anybody. The Astros at this point were saying, oh, oh the Mariners are the best team. We, all of that, all that noise and just like expectations, not getting that. I'm just not getting that vibe at all this time around. I think that, you know, and this is one of the things they asked And me for about. Julio in particular, by the way, and I think that's healthy. It so. is healthy, unlike his left hand, which apparently is not fully healthy. So he needs that to yeah. kind of get back. And for those of you who missed it earlier, some good news on that front is Julio has not played yet, and he apparently is dealing with a sore left hand. He was out playing catch with Ichiro yesterday, so it's not too sore to catch. He was in the cage. He was in the cage hitting, yes. so it's not too sore for him to do some stuff. Did he just kind of have to wait till Dad left? I don't know. It's Possible. Once Dad went to Goodyear, I can go in the cage and hit. <laughs> Might be true. Yeah, sneaking around behind yes. his back. But, yes. um, it, it, yeah. Uh, you were saying, uh, I'm sorry, I, I cut say, you off. I was saying to those guys yesterday, because they wanted to know, hey, is the pass behind them? Have they been able to put behind them all of the garbage, all of the noise that ended last year? Because whatever noise you're talking about at the beginning of last year, yes. it's certainly nothing compared to the noise Correct. that we had at the end of last year Correct. and into this offseason. And I think the answer is, for now, yeah, yeah, it does look like they've put that behind them because no one's talking about it here. Right. But there's no, there's no, there's no stress. <laughs> there's no anxiety here. Yeah. Not, they haven't lost four out of six. They haven't had to deal with something like that. They, it just hasn't occurred. No. So until they go through those moments, I don't know that we're going to know whether it is truly behind them or not, because it's easy for it to kind of be pushed down now. What will it look like in July when a couple of guys are hurt and third base isn't performing and you've lost four out of six and the Rangers are coming? That's when you'll find out just how much this stuff is. That's true. That's true. But this is a, uh, I don't know. And again, it it is very, very early. They've played just a couple games and Goody is out here trying to get it Uh, done. It's not going well for him either. Uh -uh. It's got a good looking shot, but it doesn't go in very well. You know what he's got? And I know why you like it. He's got tremendous posture and base every time. Look at that. Yeah. that's Oh, that That was an air ball. ball. Uh, It it does feel like a workmanlike vibe. It does feel, and Mitch Haniger was part of that. I think Logan Gilbert. Maybe that's, again, biased by some of these early conversations we've had. Uh, Julio's hurt. Why? Why is Julio hurt? Because <laughs> he's overworking. Because <laughs> he is overtraining, right? He's, he's trying too hard. Yeah. <laughs> and how much you like <laughs> yes, that? Yes, he's just kind of setting the tone as, you know, these – this is a group. This strikes me as a group of workers. Yeah. This rotation's a group of workers. Watching Bryce work yesterday, like, these guys enjoy the enjoy the work. And uh, well, there's a question then of leadership, right? And and taking on some different personalities. Those guys asked me, "Hey, who's the leader of leaders on this team?" And I said, "I don't know. I don't. I don't know that there is one. I mean, I guess I if I have to, I might point to Cal. But that's from the outside looking in. Yep. From the inside, I don't know whether they would say that. I don't know that we really know who they would say. But in terms of personality of the mm. team the guy who sat down here and you're going to hear from him coming up in about 20 minutes mitch haniger yep. i think he brings a lot of that because yep. of the style he has because of the gravitas because he's been here in the organization because he's dealt with the peaks in the valleys and a lot of valleys and a lot of injury I, and I a lot of tough times yeah he's not a guy who's going to be a super vocal leader Mm-mm. but i do think that they are going to take on some of his personality in terms of the work that they expect to do this year. I think that's well said, Brock. All right, uh, we're going to come back, give you guys everything you need to know. Let me just say again, thank you, huge thank you, as the sun is now really starting to come out and it's starting to warm up. Big thank you to Alaska Airlines. They get us down here every year, and they do have daily nonstops to both Phoenix and Tucson. Take advantage, come down, go see spring training. Don't wait. It is one of the truly great sports experiences that you can have. We'll give you guys everything you need to know, including, Brock, 
a, a, a answer by the new Seahawks coach, Mike McDonald, that has got a lot of people wondering what he's going to do with the quarterback spot. It's next. I'm Brock and Salk. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, Mariners headed out to Goodyear yesterday, and we got to see La Piedra, the rock, Luis Castillo on the mound for the first time. And guess what? He was really good. Two shutout innings from the assumed opening day starter. We could ask Scott about that today at uh, 9 o'clock. Oh, great. Yeah. No, I think that's. He loves oh, that he question. sure does. Yeah, that'll yes. get him going. <laughs> Moore told me that last year he was uh, feeling feisty. So, uh-huh. yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get it going with that question right off the bat today. But you know what? He did uh, pitch very well yesterday, 96 miles an hour. That's nothing like what we saw last year in his first few starts where he was like 89 to 91 yep. and really just kind of working his way into it. Overall, Scott, pretty happy with what he saw yesterday. Uh, no, really good pitching today. Obviously, uh, we had a whole lot of hitting going on, but we got a big hit at the right time by a young player that looked very good in camp. So really liked, uh, obviously, the Rock was solid, um, coming out of his hand really well. You know, up to 95 today, which is great. It's usually a little bit less than that um, early in the spring, but... Uh, after that, then you know some guys that are very interesting bullpen options for it. Shoot the ball really well also. So, uh, good day. Like I said, not a lot of offense, but really good pitching. Yeah, Mariners playing yesterday on the moon, and uh, Scott just had to do his press <laughs> conference from one of the craters on the dark side. So don't worry about it. That sounds pretty good. Um, Kirby's going to go today. Gilbert's going to go tomorrow. Hey, speaking of Logan Gilbert, he joined us yesterday, and I just I love the way he views the game and thinks through the game. Mm-hmm. He noticed same thing I did, right? That he his splits were a little off last year and actually performed better against lefties than righties. So what's he going to do about it? I was digging in a little bit. Right in the offseason, I went in, like, some of the numbers on the, the splits, righties, lefties, how each pitch performs, stuff like that. And that that stuff stood out really quickly. So that's kind of the easy thing to find out. But then it's um, it's more like why and how are you going to fix it. And that's a little bit tougher because um, my fastball was down, like, 200 spin. I lost a little bit of the carry on it. Um, and then I went into, like, the edge video, the super slow-mo of my fingers, how it's coming off the ball. There were little differences from a couple years ago, but it's really hard to recreate. So then I was kind of like at a standstill, and then I talked to the coaches, and that's kind of how we landed on where we're at right now. Wow, there's a lot of data. <laughs> Don't be saying to me, Salk, oh, man, I hit that off my little fifth line on my wedge right there. You know, I, I got I caught that on the low groove instead of yeah, I, I, That was a groove low. Yeah, don't be doing that any of that nonsense when we get together and play <laughs> later today. Uh, speaking of that pitching yesterday, is, is Ricky joined us last hour. Rick Riz, a no-hitter through seven and two-thirds. The last no-hitter by the Mariners in spring training over 40 years ago. So pretty, pretty impressive uh, group effort there. A lot of arms yesterday dealing in surprise. Here's the second thing you need to know. Same thing. Uh, Combine is the moon, Brock. Combine underway. John Schneider will meet with the media later this morning right around the end of our show. you got a lot of decisions to make here in the next couple of weeks, and some of those do involve the quarterback position. Drew Locke is an unrestricted free agent. Geno Smith, we've kind of gone through what they've Mm -hmm. done, picking up his option, et cetera, and then converting some of the money. But this is kind of a weird one. So Mike McDonald was on Q13. He was asked about his two quarterbacks, and the question is important. 
he was asked, do you see both of these two quarterbacks coming back next year? And his answer leaves open some room for interpretation. Yeah, that's a tough question. And it's one that I probably can't answer right now. But, um, you know, we're doing a lot of work on those guys. And I've had conversations just to get to know them and just to understand who they are as people and their background and, you know, you know, goals and what their family's like and where they're from. You know, I didn't know anything about them, you know, coming into this whole thing. So right now we're in the phase of figuring out who they are. And obviously, you know, one or two or both, you know, would fit into our plans moving forward. But, um, you know, right now we probably don't have that answer for you. I think I'm buying your instinct and your interpretation of that, Salk. We know who Gino is. He knows who Gino is. He planned against Gino last year. Gino's a pretty no-name commodity. Yeah, you may not know him personally, and that's, I think, what Mike McDonald was speaking to. But more and more, I listen to that. You're absolutely right. He's talking about Drew Locke and whether or not Drew is going to be here and really what this market is. And, and he can't answer that right now because it's not open for bidding. The market is not there now. They'll learn a little more in Indy this week. John will spend some time, as he did last night, with agents and everybody else and teams. And I think there's going to be a little more of a market for Drew Locke. Do you think Drew Locke's here next year? I don't. I think there's going to be somebody that's going to pay him some money and pay him more than they can pay him. They can't pay him. they got other needs and other holes and other areas that they've got to fill. So I think they would love to have him back. I think that's why John's mentioned him. I think that's why Mike's mentioned him. I think at every turn, why they continue to talk about it. I think that market for Drew Locke is going to be a whole lot more robust for him than it was. I think if we were doing good news, bad news, no news, we would call this no news. And it, it, it is sort of here because the answer is vague. I saw pro football talk saying that the question led to the answer being somewhat vague. And I understand what they're saying. I don't think it's a bad question, but I do think that his answer makes it a little hard for him to, to say Gino or Drew specifically. Mm-hmm. I think what he's saying is, I don't know yet. We're working on it, and the draft hasn't happened yet. Free agency hasn't happened yet. He's getting to know these guys, but he better get to know them pretty quick. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, nice win for the Kraken last night. They played some good hockey again against a very good Bruins team who they've now beaten twice in a little over a week. Uh, it was uh, overtime, and then it was into the shootout. Neither team particularly great in the shootout. But Is that two shootout wins? Like the last two I know. shootouts they've actually I scored? I know. Kyler Yamamoto getting it done. Shooter number one. He will swoop in on Linus Allmark. Delay a bit. And score! Kyler Yamamoto makes it look easy. I know you're a big sound guy. Yeah. The plink of the puck hitting the, cool. hitting the crossbar. Yeah. Pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. It is pretty good. And the trade deadline is May 9th after the season ends, so it'll be great. They can finally make some decisions on what they're going to do with that trading situation. Yeah, we'll see. All right, that's everything you need to know. Uh, quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salt Show. Oh, I By mean, way, March goal, 9th. The, I'm sorry. The March goal that tied it. Whoa! 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 <laughs> Incoming. We almost lost a camera. Whoa! Who was that? Did I, that bounce over? I thought Maura's hands for sure were going to get to that. I thought when we have Matumbo sitting right next to us <laughs> waving her big finger and instead the cameras no, no, are no, getting, no, 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 getting no. destroyed. No, no, no. All right. Um, I was being distracted by some Jared Kelnick stats on my timeline. What? He's an offer. Oh, for five. Don't worry about it. It's early. I'm I'm rooting for Jared. It's early. All right, coming up next, uh, the uh, prodigal son returns. Mitch Hanniger back in Seattle. He sat with us yesterday. He seems to be in a really good place, but he talked about his time away. He talked about why he left. He talked about coming back, and you'll hear it all coming up next. Brock and Salt, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com.
You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, Brock, as soon as we knew we were coming down here, this was one interview we knew we wanted to do, and that's to sit down with Mariners outfielder Mitch Hanniger. And that's not a phrase you got to hear last year. It's uh, what's old is new again, huh? Mariners outfielder. Mitch Hanniger, it's good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me on. What uh, what's this been like? I mean, what a what a crazy journey. And we had uh, the chance to see you was at the game Saturday, uh, or Sunday rather. And uh, first pitch, and the crowd's going wild and cheering for you. And of course, you had to hit that ball out of the park. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool, man. Uh, walking into the play, I definitely heard the fans and. Um, you know, it's reciprocal for me just to feel the same way. So I was uh, try to take that on real quick before the uh, timer went off in the batter's box, having to get in real fast. But oh, that's um, so lame. Yeah, no, but it, I mean, it's, it's spring they, training, they but it was give cool. Give you guys cool. a chance, and in, in those moments, to like, yeah. they almost got to call timeout. Yeah, no, it was cool though to be back and um, yeah to feel the warm embrace. It's uh, you know I feel the same way. So excited to get back up to Seattle, and it's good to be back in the Mariners uniform. When did you have any idea that this would be a possibility? The day the Farhan lady called me, yeah, I don't know what day it was, January sixth, seventh, eighth, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had felt like something would happen. We, you know, we had, when I was with the Giants, we had signed um, the Korean outfielder, and um, it kind of we had a plethora of corner guys. So I'm like, if they have an opportunity, I could see them doing it. Um, and then, like I said earlier, like I think if I had a great year and stayed healthy, I'd probably have been untouchable, but um, you know, had a terrible season, bunch of injuries, and it's good to be back in the Mariners uniform. I'm, I'm excited. It led me back here, so just having faith in, in that, and um, I'm happy to be back here. So is that your agent's number or a, a, a Giants number? The name you mentioned when you got that phone call, was that? Giants. No, that was, yeah, oh, Giants really? team president. Even yeah, before yeah. the agent calls you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you see that number pop up. And- yeah, your, your agent doesn't always find out. Sometimes, like, they make the trade, and the team official, whether it's the GM, team president, whoever, calls you right away. Oh, really? Yeah. So, huh. um, depending, I think, on relationship with the player, or they sure. might call the agent first. It just depends. But sure. yeah, it's good to hear straight from him. And cool. at that point, are you hoping to stay in the West Coast? Are you hoping to come back to Seattle? I mean, what what are you what are you thinking once you start that conversation? That I got traded. Yeah. Or? Yeah. I mean, I he said, you know, thanks and. Um, and I said, well, where am I going? And he's like, you're going to Seattle. And I started laughing. Um, yeah, I was, I was happy. Definitely happy. So you left on good terms, right? I mean, that, at least that's my understanding and talking to folks in the front office that it was not an acrimonious departure when you left. No. I mean, I had a much, much, much better situation for, you know, my family and I financially to go to San Fran. So, um, I was hoping it would be a harder decision with I wanted the Mariners to be more interested, but at the time um, they felt like they could build the team a different way or and go get other players, and I don't fault them for that. But um, ideally in a perfect world, I would have just signed back with the Mariners at, close to or at what the Giants had offered, but it was you know nowhere near there at that time, and it's it's all good. No no hard feelings, and I'm just happy to be back. Like It's, it's great to be back in a Mariners uniform. Was it like you never left, or are you a little like Salk and I with like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? I wish you all had name both. tags. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. I mean, um, I know the one thing was hard last year is just being away from all my friends and guys I'd played with for a while and got close to and won with, and um, so that was that was a tough change. And um, you know, I I'd watched a lot of games early in the season when I could when we got home and the Mariners were playing, and then 
I had to stop because I was getting a little nostalgic and sad, and I was like, man, I kind of wanted to be kind of wanted to be up back in Seattle, but um, kind of had to force myself to stop and focus on where I was at. And, you know, I, at the time, I'm like, I got two more years here in San Fran after this season, so I better get used to it. But it was just, a, you know, a lot of guys, don't, I feel like a lot of guys don't talk about that. And that was, it was a weird, tough change for me. And yeah, and then obviously just not performing well makes it even harder. There's some fun things to talk about, and, and I want to, but I, and I hate that we have to ask you about this, but I feel like we do. And, and that's just the injury stuff. Do you do you have any idea how so many weird, fluky injuries have come your way? And Brock's like the perfect person to sit next to you because he's had so many in his career as a, as a quarterback, and they're not hamstrings, and they're not from not working hard or anything like that. It just it feels like you've just had this bad luck at times. Yeah, it definitely feels like bad luck, but I think uh, for me, I've learned a lot from all the injuries, and I think I've grown a ton as a person, so for me, I'm feeling like being back here in Seattle, having gone through a bunch of rehabs, a bunch of surgeries, and um, as an athlete, I think the two hardest things to get over is like terrible performance and sur- having surgery, you know, career-threatening surgery, and I've had plenty of both, so um, I think it's just prepared me to come back and step into a leadership role and, and help the younger guys. I feel like there's a lot of guys on the team I can relate to, whether it's going through an injury, performing poorly, um, trying to get established as a big leaguer. I mean, I've, I've been through a lot in my career, and I think I'm looking at is is how can I help the guys around me? I think this is what what needs I got to rise to that occasion and yeah. and take that on head on. There's got to be some really incredible high points in that career as well. I mean, I think about the walk off hit against the Angels. I think about the the big uh, hit at the end of the year a couple of years ago against the Angels. I think I think of what it must have been like to see the numbers that San Francisco was willing to give to you and your family. And there has to be some really incredible high points. How do you handle and balance those with some of those other low points that you mentioned there? Yeah, definitely been been both throughout the career. And um, I guess thankful to have experienced both. And um, I think the bad times or the tough times has just allowed me to soak in the good ones better. And um, you know, just like I said, trying to give back to my teammates and, and the fans and, and play hard for the team. I want to I've always talked about it ever since I got here. I want to win a World Series in Seattle and um, this city's starving for, you know, another winning team. And um, it was such a great feeling going to the playoffs and sucked falling short. But um, we accomplished part of our goal that year. And I know they're, they missed the game playoffs by a game last year. And we're looking to get back there and do that again. And um for me, I'm I'm really thankful for everything I've had in my career. You know, the ups and the downs, and I like I said earlier, I just think it's it's made me grow a ton as a person and a player. So um, I think now it's just have fun, enjoy, play hard, and help the guys around me, and let's let's win a World Series. How about this Julio cat? Is he pretty good, or is he getting any better since <laughs> you he guys left? know? Man, he's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to watch. Um, what he's just taken off. It's just like you know, hit the ground running and didn't look back and. Um, you know, when you look back on that that first year in 2022 with him too, like it didn't start off so hot, mm-hmm. and it just shows how much he believes in himself. And um, he's always been a hard worker, and um, it's really cool to play with a player like that, and you know, see him continue to grow and develop. And um, 
looking forward to learning from some things from him and hopefully teaching him some things as well. Well, plus now you only need to cover from your position to the line. Ooh, that'd be great. <laughs> right. told you don't even that. need to go to your right. I said I'm going to post up on the line and just take it all. <laughs> Let him do it. No fly else. zone. I said I'll be throwing him up. <laughs> you just make the plays. We're come, good. You come catch yeah. it. I'll rest my legs. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's uh, that's nice. You mentioned leadership. I think about you a couple of years ago writing the letter, the open letter to the organization and the fans, and and just the incredible reaction it received. And if I remember correctly, there was a lot in there about leadership and, and looking for some of those veteran players to lead. You come back now as one of those players. How does how does that feel? And how do you I, clearly you're embracing it? I've heard you talk about it now a few times. What does it mean to be a leader now at this stage of your career? It's great. I think um, blessed to be playing this game as long as I have, and um, I know I still have many good years left in me. And um, like I said, I think I've, I've obviously been through a lot with with the injuries and the surgeries and the rehabs um and i think just trying to share any of my knowledge or what's worked for me with with the younger guys and um like i when i I just even with outfield hitting stuff i just try to get across to these young guys that like you can learn so much from the older players or for the guys around you but at the same time like take it in think about it digest it see if it works for you and implement it to your game that's great if you can't if it doesn't work for you know yourself like if at the end of the day you should just know more about yourself by by listening what works for someone else and then seeing if it works for you either you double down on your original beliefs or you adopt some of theirs and i feel like that's what i've tried to do and um you know and that goes for like stuff in the training room stuff in the gym stuff hitting life everything um (laughs) just trying to learn from guys around you and i've been blessed to play with a lot of good guys that took me under their wing and helped me and then um, always looking and reading and trying to stay in touch with the with the players that I enjoy talking to that help me make me better and um, hopefully offer them something and they can take something from me and it's you know it's a give and take relationship so I've enjoyed that. I know we're really early in the process, just a couple games into spring training, but do you feel some of this Brant, Brant Brown and some of the you know changes made to the lineup and personnel and even early here meetings with Scott Service? Do you feel a little new direction offensively with this club? Yeah, I mean, I think our our offense is built really good. Like, I feel like it's a solid lineup. Hmm. And, um, you know, I I don't think we've had that. In my first two years, we had just a bunch of studs in our lineup, and we we hit really well, and we couldn't pitch. And then there was a couple years where we – didn't do anything well and then and then the last couple of years has been like we we pitch we pitch really good play good defense and we had good timely hitting and now i feel like we should just play a better brand of consistent baseball we're going to pitch well we're going to play good defense and i feel like we have more of a um established starting nine guys in the box guys you can go oh yeah he's done it before instead of being like well we'll see well we hope for the best you know yeah it feels like it's a deeper lineup it may not oh, yeah. it may not i mean other than julio's on his own you know planet in terms of talent it doesn't have three or four just absolute studs at the very top yeah but man does it get long in a hurry right what is that like to be in a in a in a lineup like that how do you think that's great help? i just think there's there's one guy shouldn't you know feel like he has to carry the whole team and I remember a lot of times in 21, it was like, all right, we better we better score with one through four, one through five, or else we don't really have a shot. And like I said earlier, thank God we pitched really well, and we we we've always been good at winning one one game, so uh, we were able to win a lot that way. But um, it's going to be a little easier not having to rely on our pitchers so much, and um, not having to rely on the guys just hitting the top or the middle of the order. I think the bottom of the order can produce well too. So you, you lied to me. I got to tell you, and I and I feel bad bringing this up. What? Well, I, I've mentioned this on once you left, and I thought you were never coming back. I did. I did say this on the air. I betrayed your confidence, and I feel wow. bad about that. Wow. But what do you, you, mean? What you, you told me 
that Luis Castillo was going to win a Cy Young Award last year. You told me that. Okay. You said, hey, this guy's going to win a Cy Young Award in this park with this defense. And it didn't happen, so I feel like you lied a little bit. <laughs> All right. And I feel like I made up for it by totally betraying your you know, off-the-record comment okay. and telling the people on the radio. So I do want to apologize it's to all you good. for that. I'm sorry. We can, he can make that right this year, but I'll take All-Star games. I mean, he's making All-Stars. <laughs> True. You guys should be happy. True. Uh, Luis and Kirby and Gilbert and Bryce, Bryce. and Bryant, like – how do you know which of these guys is going to end up as as the Cy Young favorite when it's said and done? What a crew! I don't think you don't need to just let them be themselves and let them yeah, go. And that, like, and right. that, just let it be. Yeah, dude, we don't we don't have to. Goodness, you yeah. have to hit right on every prediction. Oh. <laughs> uh, Trust me, I man. know. You, you, yeah. you, there's no points for getting the predictions <laughs> right ever. How yeah. about hitting in T-Mobile versus AT and T? I mean, two great hitters parks you've been in. Yeah, they're the best. Play. They're both the best. So, yeah. Why did you, like, ask to get traded to the Reds? <laughs> like, I, I really want to go to yeah. Philadelphia and see if I can hit yeah, this park uh, all the time. It's all good. I like a challenge. But, yeah, I mean, um, it, w- it would be nice to experience what, you know, the NL Central or the <laughs> some parts in the NL East are like. But it's okay. We, How we, hard we, now it? we travel to uh, different true. cities and get to, get to see what it's like. How so. hard is it? Because, you know, I, I've talked to you a little bit about what it was like in San Francisco what is it like hitting in these two ballparks, and why is it different from elsewhere? Uh, it, I mean, the ball just doesn't travel like other places. You know, it's um, it's more pitcher-friendly ballpark, and I think that's one really cool thing about our game is, like, not not every field is the same. Yeah. So, um, and I think it's cool when, when teams cater to that their home field. And, you know, whether you're playing in, in Fenway or you can construct your team to benefit, you know, wins and losses by – um, trying to do the good thing. So for us, it's like if we pitch well, play really good defense, and then now having a pretty damn solid lineup, like that's that's really exciting for me. And I feel like it's the first time I showed up to camp and been like, oh, we have we're good in every area where there's always there was always a hole in the past. Right? Does it get in people's head? Oh, for sure. Yeah, but I think um, it's it's more process oriented, right? Like you you have to be uh, confident in yourself that you square a ball up. It doesn't matter if it goes over the fence and in a glove. Like you did everything you could. And I think as a hitter, that's the one thing that you really need to buy into and get over. And do guys struggle with it at times? Yes. Do I struggle with it at times? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, like if I click the ball twice and I make that loud contact I'm looking for and whatever happens after is out of my control, yeah. you really need to buy into that. So help me because when, when we've talked about this on the air, a lot of the response we get is, yeah, but both teams are playing in the same park. Mm-hmm. Is it harder as a home team to have that when it's a you know 81 Yeah, because, here? I mean, <laughs> versus – you go to a – I understand that, that um, argument for a three-game series or a four-game series, but, you know, you crush four or five balls in, in a week and you're 0 for 5 with five lineouts well, or, or five home runs in a week. I yeah. mean, you know, you see guys go in these hitters' ballparks and um, you, can, you can hit four or five homers in a week. That, that's not always the case in Seattle. And so I think, one, don't have that expectation. Know that it's going to be a challenge. And don't – Try to slug. Just be a good hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing for me is, you know, we're starting spring training and we're going to have fans coming uh, from the northwest. What would you? What advice would you give them if they're going to come down here and spend a few days being out here at the complex? If you were to say to a fan, "Hey, make sure you do this. Make sure you see, you know, if you know some of the young talent, or make sure you get your eyes on." What would be some counsel you give to some Mariners fans coming down? 
Well, I think one cool thing about spring training is you you know you can walk the backfields and you can kind of sit, peep in the cages a little bit and you know from the from the fence over here you can see into the weight room a little bit so you can see all the work that guys put in behind the scenes and um, you know typically with most fans show up. 15, 20, 30 minutes before a game and at T-Mobile or on the road, and you don't really get to see all the hard work. And I think, um, you know, it's funny as a player, people are like, oh, what time do you get to the field? Five? And then you guys play at 6.45? It's like, no, I'm usually there by one at the latest. <laughs> so, like, they don't really understand what all the work that goes in, and I yeah. think it's a glimpse of behind the scenes. Um, and then, yeah, like another thing is, you know, look, get the roster and look at some of the young guys coming up and stick around, watch them play, and... Um, you know, hopefully in a couple of years they're in the big leagues, and you know that's a cool thing. I've, I've always said I like hopefully um, this this series that's coming out with the Red Sox. The I think Netflix is falling around. I'd like to see that more in baseball. I think you'd, we'd get so many more fans, and it'd be cool. There's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes that you know fans don't really have access to. So cool. hopefully you see that more often in baseball. I know, yeah, with like a hard knocks type thing for football, yeah. and hopefully they, Netflix starts doing that for baseball. What do we think of these uniforms? All right, so there you go. There's Mitch Hanniger, who takes the time to join us here uh, this morning on Brock and Salk. Seriously, man, it yeah. is good to have you back. You, it was man. nice just back. seeing your face in the clubhouse. You seem really happy. Yeah. I'm happy. Like I said, it's not, I'm not faking it. I'm happy. I'm really excited to be back here. It's, a cool it's always felt like home for me. And, um, yeah, my wife and I love living in Seattle. Yeah, what did she say when she found out you guys were going back to she's Seattle? She's excited. Is we, she? We talked, yeah, we talked a lot about how we missed Seattle a lot last season. And, um yeah, it's it's good to be back, and it's a little harder because we live an hour and a half from San Fran. So um, she was able to go home if I was on the road and and take my daughters back home. But now it's, but we don't need, we don't feel like we want to go home as much because Seattle's it's always been so nice and um, feels like home. So it's cool. It's How cool. old are your kids now? Um, three and nine weeks. Wow, nine weeks. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I knew about oh, that. Congratulations. Park at one yeah, you might want to start getting to the park at 6 a.m. <laughs> like, hey, you know what? I'm here all day. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll sleep here. Yeah. It's very quiet at the park I'll at night. Naps at the field, yeah. <laughs> I'll see that, how, how that goes over. Yeah. Right. Mitch, thank you so yeah, much. Thank Good to have you back. We'll see you up in Seattle. Thank you. All right, there you go. There's Mitch Hanniger, Mariners right fielder. And it, uh, yeah, prodigal son returning, uh-huh. right? A year away, didn't go the way he wanted it to, clearly, and just uh, seems ecstatic to be back in a Mariner uniform and excited to get up to T Mobile. All right, more from that coming up a little bit later. We are going to talk to Brant Brown here in about 15 minutes, their new offensive coordinator, and get a sense as to what that means. Air raid, and, uh, spread, triple yeah, option, what are we doing? Wing T, I believe. And then Scott Service, a <laughs> little over an hour from now as well. Right now, Brock. Let's ask some football questions. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Ewer and Mike Saul. All right, Brock, what's going on with Leonard Williams? Are they going to get this done? It feels like after a second-round pick was given up, it has to happen. But it's a tricky one. How do you get it done? Well, this is real tricky because you can't franchise, and I've said that to you ten different times. So that is off the table. And then you've got a market salt with a lot of teams that have a lot of cap space. And I don't know if you noticed, but the cap went up to like $250 million. And so I was just kind of looking yesterday at uh, some of these, not mock drafts, but some of these free agent mocks of where guys land. And, you know, he's kind of off the board pretty early. And from Minnesota to people that he has relationships around the league that he played for that are in different spots, that's, that's a, they got a problem. 
I mean, they got a problem if this goes to the open market because I think he is going to get paid. I know he's older. I know this would be a third contract and yes. everything else, but his play last year in a contract year was pretty darn high. I don't believe it. You don't think so? I don't believe. I don't believe that you would trade a second round pick for a player of that ilk and then not resign him without going, to, you know, without doing everything in your power because you can't let talent just walk out the door. You, you can't. You can't let talent just walk out the door. If you get something for it, great. But you can't let it just walk. It's a big market. It's a big oh, number. Well, it's then, a big salary cap. Then you wasted a second round pick. That is a bummer. Question number two. Saying it's done. Not saying it's over. But I think they get it done. I don't believe it. Okay. I think they get it done. Okay, well, just understand this. How has it happened in the past with, the, with free agents? Many times, if, if it goes to free agency, they if they do not get back. it, yes, if they do not get it done before the league year begins, what happens? If they set their number, and more often than not, somebody's going to be willing to pay a whole lot more. That's all I'm saying. All right, question number two is this. Uh, we uh, played that Mike McDonald sound earlier. You know what? Let's play it again. Matt, can you play me the Mike McDonald sound? He was asked on Q13 what he, um, whether both of these two quarterbacks plan to be on the roster this year. Here was his answer. Yeah, that's a tough question, and it's one that I probably can't answer right now, but, um, you know, we're doing a lot of work on those guys, and I've had conversations just to get to know them and just to understand who they are as people and their background and, you know, you know, goals and what their family's like and where they're from. You know, I didn't know anything about them, you know, coming into this whole thing. So right now we're in the phase of figuring out who they are, and obviously, you know, one or two or both, you know, would fit into our plans moving forward. But, um, you know, right now we probably don't have that answer for it. And that continues a conversation that at every turn, Drew Locke's name has come up. Right. You can't have one without the other. They have been peanut butter and jelly over the last month or so. And I totally, uh, I, I don't think Mike McDonald's blowing any smoke. I totally agree and, and believe what he's saying there, that we're talking to both of them. And in particular, Drew. Wow, we like Drew a lot. We think Drew is very talented. Once again, because the salary cap went up higher than people believed it would, it's well over $250 million because Drew, unlike the year before where Gino took every single snap, Drew made a couple starts. Drew played pretty good. Drew threw a beautiful touchdown to, to beat the Philadelphia Eagles on a Monday night football game that the country saw, that people saw. And more than anything, I think if you're looking for a bridge quarterback and you draft one of these six young guys, some of the QB rehab that Drew Locke went under the last couple years and talent he has, I think he too is going to be a commodity on the market that's going to just drive to a number that can't fit within the Seahawks salary. All right, question number three. 13 Huskies, Brock, will be at the Combine this week. That is a school, school record. record. Michigan has 18. Yes. They got 13 guys there. How come? School record before that was nine. Hmm. So this wasn't even close to it. This blew it out of the water happen again because I don't think you'll ever have six-year guys stick around to do what these guys have done. I would contend you broke a school record because of a little bit of what Mitch Haniger just got done talking to us about peaks and valleys and those guys stuck through it and got to the other side. The Jack Westovers and the Devin Culps and, and the Dominique Hamptons that have been here for six years through three different coaches uh, before some of that NIL money really came into play over the last couple years as well. So I think just a, you know, just a, what is, what am I looking for? Confluence, conflu, confluence what? of events. There you go. There we go. Uh, led to this number of guys, 13 of them. Great for branding. Great for Jed Fish. Great. Jed Fish is promoting what? Selling what? I can get you the NFL. And to have 13 guys, second only to Michigan, and those were the two left standing playing for the national title. Nothing but good news there for these guys, for the program, and for Jed Fish to sell as they move on. Pretty cool.
cool. All right, that is today's Blue 88, and uh, good to sneak in a little football talk on what is primarily a big baseball week as we, of course, are in Peoria. We're at spring training. They had their uh, big basketball three-point shot contest going on behind us. we got minor league guys right now who've been doing some baseball defensive wall drills, ball. wall ball, using the wall with first a uh, little rubber ball. They were very baseball. politely standing there waiting to do their drills while Brock was doing wall sits. <laughs> yeah. Would, yeah. would you get off the wall that we use for this? Well, well, I mean, you were literally in the middle of where they're throwing. So that was, yeah, not not ideal. Uh, I think they're having their team meeting right now, but we're expecting to talk to Brant Brown here in just a moment. He's a really interesting character, and the fact that they gave him the name offensive coordinator yeah. is – Look, maybe just a, a name, right? You got to bring him over from another organization, so you got to create a new position to kind of give him a promotion, so that you're able to to hire him. But it's a really interesting name, and especially for a team that is trying to figure out an offensive strategy and how they're going to deal with the fact that their ballpark stinks to hit in, especially at the early part of the year. And that's not me talking; that was Mitch Haniger talking no more than a few minutes ago. It's a hard place to hit. You've got to accept it. It's harder for the home team than it is for the road team because they're playing their 81 games and they're doing it over and over again. So how do you get past that? How do you strategize to beat the problems that you have and not get sucked down by them? We'll talk to Brant Brown coming up next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710.